discuss the show Supernatural. I am one of your hosts, Dan, and with me as always is his wife, Penny. So yeah, I have that standard saying, and then I got to that today, and I'm like, uh oh. We even told him in the last episode it's probably not going to be daily anymore. Um, well, I think we did tell them, it's just that you haven't published it yet. Yeah, nobody knows yet. They're all waiting in suspense. <laughs> right. <laughs> because as we said before, um, my job, crazy hours, um, weather getting better, so therefore, when, even when I am home, if the weather's nice, like to be outside, don't like to be sitting around watching TV and recording podcasts, so... But today's cold. And crappy. Yeah, and I got home from town, and Penny's like, well, if you're done with work for the day, we can watch Supernatural. And then we discussed something else, and then he again said, if you're done for the day, we can watch Supernatural. So I was like, okay, I got it already. Let's go watch Supernatural. So that's what we did. Because I was watching Batwoman because I said, hey, we can either do that or I can finish watching Batwoman. You said, no, no, we'll do that. So, yeah, we're going to well, do Supernatural. But, you know, you're right. Wasn't I wasn't going to watch I wasn't gonna watch Batwoman, and it was too late in the day for any of my Westerns. Oh, yeah. Your gun smoke and your bonanza. So, yeah, yesterday I was on the phone with my dad, and I told him, I go, lately, uh, during the day while I'm at work, because I work in our former living room. Now, I don't know what you call that room now. <laughs> Our kitchen slash the big hall. open space. <laughs> it's yeah. the big open room. Um, yeah, that's where I work from. But behind me on the other wall, there's a television. So, yeah, me TV. Eleven o'clock is Gunsmoke, which I really like. And then after that is Bonanza, which I didn't think I liked, but now that I've watched more episodes, I really do actually like that show. Because um, that's the one with Festus on. I love Festus. And then after that is two episodes of The Rifleman. Wait, wait, wait. You said you like Bonanza. I mean, you like you watch Gunsmoke, and then you like Bonanza, which you didn't think like Bonanza. So there, the actor that plays Festus is also on Bonanza? Yeah. Festus is on Bonanza. No, Festus is in Gunsmoke. No. Isn't Festus on Bonanza, too? Am I dumb? Did it, or do I have all of my westerns mixed up? You have all of your westerns mixed okay. up. Okay, what was Festus on? What TV show was... I don't know how to spell Festus. Do you... Oh, here we go. This is a commonly asked question. It popped right in as soon as I typed F-E-S. You're right, Gunsmoke. Because he's the deputy <coughs> to Sheriff yeah. Matt so, Dillon. Okay. Okay, I know who Festus is. What's the character on Bonanza that I like? I don't know. Then I, whatever. It's still um, it's still a good show. Um, then after that is the Rifleman, which is a story about a middle-aged man who, with a twelve-year-old child, and he's always throwing himself into danger, and that kid is left up to his, you know, to to fend off him on his own quite a bit, like. And it's like the old West. There's always shootings and hangings, and that show is nuts. And then you know the whole thing about riflemen is he can shoot his rifle really fast, like a machine gun. It's like a special made rifle, and he takes it everywhere. He's always carrying his rifle with him. Well, that's a good thing that he's called the rifleman. <laughs> yeah, the name. You want him not to be called that if he carried like a <laughs> switchblade or whatever. <laughs> 
Switchblade man. It, it's just unbelievable, though. Yeah, they they really took that whole the rifleman. Yeah, he's he's always carrying. It. He walks into the bank with it. Everyone's chill. He walks into church with it. Everyone's chill. That's how it used to be back in the day. Oh my gosh, it's nuts. Man, I am really mad that I got that whole Festus thing screwed up. You, oh, you know what? I figured out why it screwed me up. Because there was black and white episodes of Gunsmoke, but then there was also color episodes of Gunsmoke, right? Yeah. That's what screwed me up. All right. I'm, I'm glad I found an excuse so I don't look insane. But I really do think that that's what it was. Alrighty then. Because, <laughs> yeah, the uh, Bonanza is the guy that then went on to um, Battlestar Galactica. Right. I don't know his real name. Ben Carson. That's the family in the show, anyways. Cartwright. God bless it. And the actor is Lauren Green. <laughs> ben Cartwright? Yes. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> Jesus Christ. And I'm not even the one that watches them. And he watches them and has no flipping clue. All right. So anyway, I want to uh, I, if uh, I want to plug something else. Just a second. Me <laughs> plug oh. those holes in your brain <laughs> that are allowing all your knowledge to seep out. Um, I think we've talked about this in the past. And if not, we would eventually. The fact that my favorite movie is. Uh, one of my favorite movies that's a comedy is The Stupids. You and I both think that movie's hilarious. It is. It really is. Well, um, this month was my birthday, so I bought myself a birthday present, and it was to have the guys over at A Free Podcast review The Stupids. So if you've ever heard me talk about The Stupids or you're mildly interested, uh, go listen to their podcast. I paid $50 for it. Go listen to it. It's my gift to the universe <laughs> to have three guys discuss the stupids. As if this podcast isn't a big enough gift to the universe. Well, thank you. <laughs> Let's get started with this podcast before people tune out. Okay, sounds good. Why don't they ever talk about Sam and Dean anymore? Bunch of Sam and jerks. Dean are the bomb. Season 6, Episode 3, The Third Man. In the recap... Uh, at first, it was like a really weird recap because it was everything about Dean and his family stuff and then eventually leaving. Uh, and then the second half was like old Archangel stuff and it made no sense to me. Can you re can you recap the recap for me? The second half of it? Oh, Do you remember? man. All I wrote that, yeah, the Archangel, Raphael, and how um, Castiel was talking about how they are God's ultimate weapons, so... Archangels are, like, super, super powerful. Okay, so explaining what Archangels is, basically, then. Because then, uh, also, Lucifer was there, yeah. All right. So, first... Oh, you know, I just say, shows keep saying that Lucifer was an Archangel, but I don't think he was. I think he was just a normal angel. I mean, I realize that there are, if you read the Bible, different classes of angels. But I don't believe Lucifer ever was an Archangel. Just say it. Yeah, I don't know. You know what the Bible really needed was like um, an organizational chart too. What what's what's heaven's org chart look like? We could really use one of those. They need some modern documentation, right? Sure. <laughs> if we could get some new uh, Bible writers. So there's a guy uh, washing his face in a bathroom. It's like a police headquarters thing. 
Uh, first, he has a little cut on his face, and then he peels his skin off, and then he steps back, and you can just basically see that, like, his skin is falling off of his body. He's in a police station. He turns around and looks at another cop, who we find out is his partner, because, I don't know, I guess it makes sense that they're getting dressed together if they're partners. And uh, he turns to his partner and says, I think I'm bleeding. And then he falls over and goes splat. As in, like, it, he was just jello goo everywhere. Pretty much. They show blood splattering on his, like, the legs of his partner. And they scan back over where this other cop was standing. You just see blood, skin, what was, you know, his uniform that he was, or the clothing he was in, I guess. He wasn't in uniform yet. So, yeah, I put he peeling off skin dies bloody mess <laughs> your uh, notes are a lot more succinct hey i believe in getting to the point all right stinger uh graphic then we come back from commercials dean is in bed sleeping he wakes up and his girl's there and they start making out and it's really colorful so you know it's a dream and sure enough dean also realizes it's a dream looks around he wakes up in his car. Sam is working out. Dean takes off in his car. A girl walks in on Sam while he's working out, and he stops working out. Um, she asks when he's heading out. He doesn't answer. Pretty coy about talking to her. And then Sam stops her on the way out the door and hands her $200 bills. She uh, then says, hey, here's my phone number. Call me in a night off. And she leaves. I find it odd that Sam's got to buy hookers. This is true. Um, that's not Sam's style. Yeah, that's that seemed really off. Um, so, yeah, I that, that stuck out to me. Like, wait, Sam doesn't buy hookers. And then I also put that Sam was kind of being a douche to her because, <laughs> yeah, he gave her or she gave him his number. And he just threw it away. He just threw it away. Well, I don't know. Do you want to date a hooker? No. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, it seems like you're instantly got to support someone, right? So uh, Sam's phone rings and uh, picks it up. It's Dean. And Sam lets him know that, hey, come on and join me. I got a case. Uh, hangs up. And Dean kind of makes his offhand remark like, whoever made you God. No, he says, Die. who died made you boss. Oh, who died and made you boss. Yeah. So I'm kind of thinking, well, they both died a time or two by now. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. We uh, then see a cop alongside the road and uh, radaring speeders. He's, like, tucked in the bushes. And it was funny because a Porsche goes by at 70, and I'm like, that's just a little two-lane highway. The speed limit there is 55 at the most, and honestly, it looked too big, too small to even be a 55-mile-per-hour highway. That was a 40-mile-per-hour highway. That looked like the little highways around here that well, we or, drive on. Or Yeah, so it looked like it was... Um something that was like heading into town so where it goes from 55 to 45 and then down so you're right maybe those bushes were like right alongside the road you know yes. nowadays at least in wisconsin here 55 mile per hour highways yeah they brush and everything is cleared back there's big wide shoulders on them like they're really nice roads they're not like what we grew up on which is they were like the road out in front here which is a, <laughs> yeah a county highway which is well, the street we live on is fairly yeah, yeah. wide enough for two vehicles. And in the wintertime, screw it because of the snow. Oh, I'm not talking about our road that we live on. <laughs> oh, you're no, talking about no. Like, um... 
Yeah, don't give away the address, but yeah, it's a county highway in Wisconsin. So if you live in Wisconsin, you know what a county highway is. Yeah, those are 45 mile per hour, and that looked like what he was tucked in on. <clears throat> we spent way too much time talking about that. Yeah, we did. But to bring up the point, though, that he radars, though, this Porsche doing 70 on such a small road, and like, and he even said, like, oh, you got to try harder than that, dude. <laughs> And then it's like, wait, what is up with this dude? And he's got a big gulp. And then we see him pull out the fifth of vodka and, and pour it into a soda. I was like, okay, what state are they in? Are they in Wisconsin? <laughs> no, remember they were in Easter Pennsylvania. Yeah, I, I, they were. <laughs> but I was just like, wow, what a move to <laughs> the fifth of vodka poured into a soda on the highway. And he's a cop. No wonder he doesn't care. Well, he gets a phone call. Uh, it's someone, and they have who's all hyper about the uh, dead guy. So obviously, it you know he's it's the other dude that was in the uh, that was in the uh, police bathroom station. police station. Yeah, the police station, the changing room, whatever you want to call it. It's called a locker room. Locker room. There you go. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. Um, so is the other dude, and yeah, this drunk cop then is like, just chill out, man. Don't call me again. Don't worry about it. It's over. Forget it. Yeah, like, chill out. Well, then we see something in the woods, and it attacks the cop, and then all of a sudden, he gets these huge boils all over his body, and then he starts grasp gasping for air, so his insides of him is getting him, too. And uh, he quickly calls for help and dies alongside the road of a really disgusting skin irritation. <laughs> Just a slight irritation. <laughs> Might want to go to a dermatologist get some, about that. <laughs> get some ointment. Maybe some <laughs> balms, salves, creams, lotions, lanolins, liniments. <laughs> and oils. Don't forget the oils. Oh, the oils. <laughs> well, while we're watching this, Penny, then, I'm thinking uh, this is a, a, the horsemen, the infestation horsemen, the Matt Frew horsemen. Frewer. Pestilence. Was, yeah, pestilence. I'm like, wait, didn't he die? Well, we don't know if he died. We just know that they got his ring. Okay, but that's what I was thinking while watching this show. <clears throat> yes, because it was very much like, you know, one just bleeds to death practically. This one gets boils all over his body. Yeah. So, yeah, that's what you'd first think is like, oh, pestilence is back. Yeah, that's what I thought. But it is not. If you, uh, if you people listening along were thinking, oh, it must have been pestilence. Nope, it's not. Spoiler alert. Uh, Dean meets up with Sam. And they uh, go inside the morgue, acting like FBI. They're in their regular old FBI suits. And uh, they are talking about the first cop that died. Uh, and then Sam pulls out a gurney, or, you know, the thing in the, the locker in the, uh, in the wall of the morgue. Yeah, the refrigerator of the morgue. Then pulls out the second dead cop. Uh, and then they, like, both are shocked that, hey, we got two dead cops on our hands. And they take off. Anything a note there that I missed? Um, just boils all over his body. Oh, we're past that, man. Yeah, I know. Oh, that. oh, yeah. When they pulled out and showed him the cop, yeah. Well, and the only other thing that they have here is a goof on IMDb. <clears throat> it says, well, at the morgue, Dean reads that the officer had boils inside the body in his airways. Something that would only be known after an autopsy, but the body had just been brought in, and there was no incision in the chest as it's mm. done with an autopsy. So Okay, yeah. 
That was interesting. Yeah, nice ant fucking whoever out there on IMDb put that in there. Jesus. <laughs> All the other shit that happens in this show and someone calls out that <laughs> you wouldn't know that unless you did an autopsy and one didn't happen yet. Is there a lot of those on IMDb? Well, I don't know. I mean, I just read the goofs and errors in the quotes and the trivia <clears throat> for Supernatural, but I'm sure all the shows have, you know, someone. Well, whatever. If you're listening out there that did it, go <laughs> go get a hobby. Um, oh, man. Talking about getting hobbies, I need to find out where I am in my notes. So then, uh, yeah, they take off, and they head over to that partner, the third guy, the, the one that's left. Uh, he, they walk in, and he's, like, dressed up too nice. He's in, the, like, his dress uniform for being a police officer. Well, the reason I thought that, because before the second officer died, he's like, just chill. All we have to do is go to the funeral, blah, blah, blah. So I assumed he was dressed oh, for the funeral. Oh, for the, you are right. Thank you. That yes. does make sense. So that would make sense that he would be in his dress uniform. Yep, yep. Um, so first then, uh, you know, Sam and Dean want to come in and talk to him and he's like, no, just shuts the door on him. But Sam just kicks the door in and says something like, we don't have time for this. Mm -hmm. Uh, they go inside and, uh, this cop is looking crazy and muttering. He's like, they had it coming and I'm next. And Dean's like, why, why did they have it coming? And, uh, Ed, the cop here, who's sitting here at at his table drinking heavily now. Uh, he says it was because of some uh, kid named uh, Christopher Birch. Mm -hmm. And uh, at that point, Ed just starts bleeding from wait, the head wait, and falls wait, over and dies. Wait, 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 wait. What you didn't mention is that when you, they walked into the house, they noticed that all the photos had the faces scratched out. And he was sitting at the table scratching the face out of another photo. And that's when I said, you know, Christopher Birch, a boy with no face, and a planted gun. Why didn't he have a face? He just said Christopher Birch, a boy with no face, and a planted gun. Right. And that's why he was scratching out all the... the maybe okay. it was in a reference to, like, no one cared that he was... This kid was dead. Whatever. I don't know. Oh. Well, okay. We'll get to this later. That might be really horrific. Um, Dean notices then there's like a chirping noise and they pull Ed's hat off and they find locusts crawling out of his skull. Yeah, coming out of his brain. That was pretty disgusting. This is a pretty gross episode. <laughs> uh, Sam and Dean then, they're, I don't know where they're at. They're trading notes though. And I think they're back at the motel by now. And, uh, they like, Hey, this is weird. These three cops died of plagues, sort of. And, uh, they do some research and find out that uh, the cops shot a kid. These three cops shot a kid and planted a gun on him. And uh, he thinks uh, that angels might have something to do with this. So when you say a boy with no face, did the cop shoot the kid in the face? That, that, that was a thought, too, is that maybe they shot him in the face. Or, like I said, maybe... Just uh, he was a no-name kid right and they and, got away with it and the fact that we later in the episode find out that this kid was african-american the cops were white possibly they thought oh who's gonna miss another black kid who knows what that he has no face but yes that was my first thought too is maybe they shot him right in the face um dean says uh that they should call Cass. uh 
Dean then does a mocking prayer calling out for Kaz to join him because it's like a plague-like problem that they have. Uh, Sam's like, hey, man, he's been, a, he's been a dick and not answering his phone. Like, I can't get a hold of him. Dean then freezes and looks up, and Sam says, ugh, he's right behind me, isn't he? <laughs> the camera moves, and sure enough, Cass is standing right behind Sam and probably heard him calling him a dick. Yeah. <laughs> <coughs> Classic move on Cass's part. He does that more than once. Oh, yeah, he's good at that. Someone's talking about him, and it's like, uh-oh, he's right behind me. <laughs> they all kind of say hello, really stilted back and forth. Uh, a bit and then Dean yells at Cass for not giving Sam uh, any answers about how he got out of hell with how he got out of hell without any reason uh, they start asking who did it Cass says he doesn't know and no one has seen God basically they're all yelling and angry at each other and Cass then sorts them all out by telling him uh, he's not here because of Sam and Dean he's here because of this case not them yes and it isn't an angel, uh, but someone using the staff of Moses that's causing these cops to die. Dean asks uh, why it's on earth in the first place. The staff of Moses is a weapon, and Cass goes into this whole thing about uh, how heaven is pretty corrupt now, and that the weapons have been stolen, and that they're loose. Nobody knows where they're at. They're just out in the wild. Uh, Cass then asks the boys for help. And the boys say that's rich. And Cass is now pretty upset and pretty much done with <laughs> Sam and Dean. And about ready to punch them all in the face, I think. <laughs> uh, he fires back mockingly, apologizing for not having these people skills. And reminds them that they do not want these weapons here. Yeah, he says, my people skills are rusty. Pardon me, but I spent the last year as a multidimensional wavelength of celestial intent. But believe me. Believe me, you do not want these weapons. Yeah, that line was pretty hilarious. I've spent the last year as a multidimensional wave of celestial intent. <laughs> so, what, he wasn't anywhere? No, he was in heaven. It's just uh, in heaven. See, this is what I don't know. Oh, never mind. I can't ask that question because I think I know what the answer will okay, be. Okay, never mind. Uh, the boys and Cass, they show up at the uh, victim's home, and we see the father there. Um He's cutting out a newspaper clipping, probably of his son's, uh, about the cops. Yes, it was about a report about the, the police dying. Yeah. And they ask the father if he has anything, to, uh, if he's been using the staff of Moses. You know, they, they introduce themselves as FBI agents, but quickly they're just like, okay, we know you got the staff. And he looks pretty confused until a kid comes in holding a stick like a gun. And uh, Cass pops behind the boy and takes the stick away from him. And then they ask, where the hell did you get this thing? And the kid tells him a whole story about praying to God and that one day an angel showed up and gave it to him. And they're like, gave it to you? And then the kid's like, nah, I sold my soul for it. <laughs> so the kid was so bummed out that his older brother was shot by cops. Yeah, he prayed for a weapon and he got one. But it was it, not the full-size weapon. You know, it wasn't the full stick. It was just part of it. Right, because Sam earlier said, I thought the staff turned like a river into blood, not one dude. And then Castiel's response is, the weapon isn't being used at full capacity. I think we can rule Moses out as a suspect. <laughs> Moses. <laughs> Moses is still in heaven, I guess. 
Where else in the supernatural be? world? Uh, well, you know, like Lord of the Rings, you got to like sail over some celestial bridge eventually, right? Yes, you do. <laughs> into the gray havens or uh, something like that. Yeah. Um, well, they figure out that, you know, this isn't the full staff and that an angel had cut up that full thing into parts and has been selling it off. And Cass then grabs the boy and kidnaps him, and they end up back at the hotel room. Mm -hmm. uh, and Cass then sticks his hand. He's like, okay, you know, if this kid sold his soul, I guess it leaves behind a receipt <laughs> inside the kid someplace. Well, not a receipt, but kind of like a, a brand on his soul as to who whose it is. Well, it must be a brand on his body, right? Or is the soul still inside? His soul is still inside. Oh, okay. You don't lose it for ten. Well, if you make a crossroads, so he go. He's gonna reach in and fondle his soul. Yes. All right. Uh, so he goes ahead and does that. At this point, uh, Dean freaks out and he's like, "No, don't!" And Sam's like, "Dude, chill out, man. We gotta get this info." Like, and the, even I was like, well, that kid isn't going to be tortured long. <laughs> like, it's only going to take like five, <laughs> ten seconds. I mean, honestly, if you can get some good info and you're just going to hurt some kid for five or ten seconds, I'm fine with it, too. Well, plus Cass could make it so the kid wouldn't even remember, so. Yeah, what's the big deal? Yeah, Dean was kind of being a little bitch here, I thought. Uh, so he, yeah, he reaches in, <laughs> fists this kid's soul or something, fists his chest, anyways, pulls out, Sam asks, all right, who is it? And Cass is like, oh, man, it can't be my old pal Balthazar. And then all of a sudden, this other dude blinks into existence in a suit and says, thank you for the name, matey. And he pulls out a knife, and then there's a mad knife fight. Eventually, they stumble and fall out of a window and smash Sam's car. <laughs> <laughs> I was kind of wondering, like, because there was an earlier scene where they both pulled up in cars together. Oh, and they went to that cop's house. And I was thinking, like, okay, they got to write out Sam's car now, right? They, they're not going to just be driving around in two different vehicles for the rest of the show. Exactly. So it didn't surprise me. I had that thought and then i was like oh well there you go sam's car is now gone <laughs> uh i'm not gonna lie i'd totally take sam's car over dean's though jesus you look cool but it's not comfortable don't you want something you know with autocorrect steering and brake and automatic cruise control and you know, backup cameras and nice sound systems and air conditioning. <laughs> like, don't you want all of that if you're going to be all the miles that they're doing, too? They, they would be deaf driving down the road with the windows down as much as they do. They You should wear hearing plugs. They, they should be wearing hearing plugs. Earplugs. Earplugs. <laughs> well, yes, but the Impala has a lot more class. Oh, man. Get real. That's fine, you know, like on a sunny afternoon but you wouldn't want that as your daily driver things get better not worse in the automotive world that's just my rant um sam uh then is like hey who is that <laughs> you know because first it's who stole the stick and now it's uh who is this dude that just blinked here and you guys fought out the window and smashed my gd car uh, Dean at this point is pretty upset too. Calls out, also calls Cass out and uh, asks who the hell all these angels are all of a sudden popping up everywhere. 
Um, so Cass lets him know it was someone that was following Raphael. And we were going to say something? Well, following Raphael in the um, sense that he was one of Raphael's soldiers. Not like literally following him around like a little puppy dog, but just... Okay, yeah, I think people got that if I read the next sentence. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> following him. Like they're all holding on to a rope crossing the street? Yes, exactly. That is not what I meant. And I ho I don't think any of the listeners thought of it that way. Uh, so Cass explains that, yeah, there is a civil war going on at the moment. On over who's going to take over heaven. And Raphael is one side and Cass and his gang are on the other side. Uh, Cass at this point starts some sort of ritual uh, he first blink he's like, I gotta go get myrrh. So he like vanishes, and then like two seconds later, he just pops up in the kitchen, starts drawing. Uh, I guess he got his myrrh from someplace. Um, draws out a symbol on the table, grabs Dean's hand. <coughs> oh, my lord, this cough. Well, yeah. He, uh, then calls out Dean. He's like, I need your blood. Just grabs his hand, cuts it, says some sort of chant. Cass is like, all right, I know where he's at. And they all take off. What did I miss? Well, just when we talked about an angel civil war, Dean says, what do you mean? Raphael wants it? Because Raphael still wants the apocalypse to happen. He says, because Cass made mention that Raphael wanted it to end as things were written. Dean was questioning why. And Cass's response says, Raphael's a traditionalist. So, yes, then he does a spell. And they off they pop to find Balthazar. So they show up at Balthazar's house, big fancy, big fancy mansion house. I, I was jealous of his house. Cass walks inside. There's a frog for some reason and a dance floor. Uh, Cass then pulls out his knife and Balthazar shows up near a piano. Uh, Cass calls him out for stealing the staff of Moses. And Cass says that Balthazar is, you know, you... You need some drug counseling, some counseling of some sort, and uh, please hand over all your weapons. Because Balthazar says not only did he steal the staff of Moses, faked his own death, but stole a lot of Heaven's weapons. And so Castiel is thinking if he could get his hands on these weapons, then he and his side of the Angel Brigade would be able to stop Raphael. Balthazar uh, said that Cass is the one that tossed out the rule book on all of this, and he's just living his best life, basically. Um, and he's he kind of complimented Cass. He's like, man, you think other people break the rules? You stopped the apocalypse. Nobody called that. <laughs> uh, Balthazar said that uh, the fighting, you know, it will never stop and might as well have some fun now anyways. Uh, Cass at this point gets pretty mad and re asks for his for the weapons back again. Uh, outside, then we see Raphael and some members of his gang show up, and uh, there's some lightning strikes. So then, at that point, Balthazar is like, "All right, that's my cue to leave. Bye!" And he <laughs> blinks out of there. Outside, the boys get the drop on the angels walking in. Uh, then the angels kind of like, "Oh, you guys, we're gonna kill you so easy." And they had done that sigil blasty away thing. Did we have a nickname for that? No, I just call it the angel sigil. Yeah, it's just the big <laughs> flamethrower that comes out of a wall and hits angels. 
Well, because the one angel, when Sam stopped him, he has, of course, an angel blade in his hand, and Sam's like, oh, I have one of those, too. And that's when the angel says, oh, you're going to try and fight us? And that's when he says, no, we're not going to fight you. Has a sigil, throws his hand yeah. on the wall, blasts those two angels away. Yeah, when that happened, too, I'm like, man, it's a really good thing that the writers thought up of some sort of anti-angel weapon that Sam and Dean can use that isn't evil, but it's just a shoe, get out of here weapon. Yes, it doesn't harm them at all. It just sends them away, and then it takes them a while for them to get back. Yeah, <laughs> I find that odd that the writers wrote a thing like that into it. But it's a good thing that there is that plot device. It sure comes in handy from time to time. Inside, uh... Cass, he kills someone. Who did Cass kill inside? Because he just like threw a knife and stuck in his chest. No, there was another angel who also had an angel blade. And, you know, Cass is like, oh, please, not again. And, yeah, then he throws the uh, knife and kills him. Okay, so it was just another random Raphael angel was inside. Right, because Cass also okay. said, you know, you don't want to fight me. And then when the guy goes to fight him, Cass throws a blade. He says, why don't you people listen? <laughs> uh. One of the angels, uh, though, does get a drop on Cass. That was Raphael. Oh, yeah, Raphael. So let me update my notes. Raphael. I like having these notes. Someday we'll be the foremost authority on what the hell happened because that wiki site's terrible to try to figure that out. Okay, uh, Raphael gets the drop on Cass and beats the hell out of him. I mean, just wallops his ass right down a flight of stairs and everything. Right as Raphael goes to uh, stab Cass, Balthazar shows up with one of his magic weapons. It's a block of salt. Who <laughs> changes him into salt, just like in the Bible. Which I thought was funny. It was like... Oh, yeah, I remember that Bible story where someone turned to salt. It was Lot's wife. Yeah, uh, because she turned around and looked at her burning city. Why not turn her to salt? What an evil per thing to do. Well, and the fun thing about this was, well, I shouldn't say the fun thing, but because of the fact that <clears throat> Balthazar destroyed Raphael's vessel, he even mentioned he'll have to now find a new vessel. That'll take him a while. That'll give me a chance to... Get out of Dodge. Yeah, he didn't kill Balthazar. Yeah, well, I mean, um, Balthazar, yeah, didn't kill Raphael, just killed the vessel. So Exactly. Yeah, so it's <laughs> he's going to go find you know his next best buddy and like groom him and get axed in, right? Yeah, angels do have to be invited. They can't, they're not like a demon yeah. and can't just possess <laughs> it's them. It's like a vampire into your house. Exactly. You invite them in and then they'll suck you dry. Then you're screwed. Oh, man. With everything that happens in this show, would you let an angel in? I'd be like, no, nah, I'd rather live, dude. Because <laughs> it seems like I'm going to get whacked by someone pretty quick. Yeah, I think I'd pass on the angels from Supernatural. Okay, so I don't want to just leave this episode with mocking a Bible story without a little explanation. Um, so Lot's wife, that was Sodom and Gomorrah. From what I remember... There was lots of gay sex in both towns, and God told the good family, like, hey, man, get the hell out of here. We're going to light this place on fire and burn all of these gay people up. Don't turn back, though. You can't look back because I'll turn you to a pillar of salt. So then the family is walking away. The whole place lit on fire. 
and his wife turned around to look at the fire and she turned into salt. That is that the story? Yeah, Sodom and Gomorrah were the evil cities. Um, hence the name Sodomy, which is where we're talking about anal sex. Yes, they were very wicked, very vile. Told Lot and his family, leave, don't look back. Um, she did look back, was turned into a pillar of salt. And what's interesting is there's this pillar found on the Dead Sea at Mount Sodom in Israel um, that they think, or they say, biblical believers, uh, of course I shouldn't say biblical believers because I believe in the Bible, that this is the remnants of Lot's wife. It can't be proven, of course, but... <laughs> Yeah, and over how many thousands of years a pillar of salt isn't going to, like, vanish to wind and occasional rain? That doesn't make any sense. I know. It doesn't, which is why I'm thinking it's just some sort of rock formation that just yes. happens to look like it could have been possibly a person at okay, one point. Okay, and this is Old Testament. What book are we talking? Oh, gosh, I don't remember. Okay, so how many thousands of years ago did this supposedly happen? Like 5,000 years ago? At I'm least. sure we got the pro I'm sure we've been handed the story perfectly straight. <laughs> I'm sure it hasn't been screwed up in any way between the time that something actually happened to these two towns, and then what we've got is this wacky anti-gay story. I find this to be one of the more egregious Bible stories. The well, Old Testament's okay, okay, weird. Okay, okay, yes, but you have to realize that I firmly believe. We're not going to get into this, so no, I, I know you firmly believe in it. Okay, we're fine. Okay, I just think it's weird. Uh, Dean comes in and lights a ring of holy fire on the ground uh, on, around Balthazar. Sam comes in, and it looks like he's got a jug of more oil. Yes. And they threaten to uh, burn him up and if they don't deal with him. And that basically, you give the boy his soul back, you nut. What are you doing taking advantage of this kid? And because uh, the whole thing is that he's they're trading souls because souls are very valuable. Now that heaven is all in an uproar, the major currency seems to be souls. And they're valuable because they're powerful. So I'm not sure if powerful in what way. Like if they can be used to power a weapon or something like that. I'm not really sure. But yeah, that's why Balthazar was dealing with souls. Because, hey, they're valuable. They're powerful. Need to have some stock. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> stock up on your souls. <laughs> um, so then uh, he does. He goes and gives that, I don't know, he like nods his head or jiggles his ass or something like that gives the kid his soul back uh Cass then puts out the holy fire uh the boys look around like hey dude what the hell and uh Cass though he's he's a square dude because he's like all right your debt is clear and then they both just take off because yeah they could have just kept bargaining for weapons at this point right they could have but yes the um the thing was, you're going to be trapped here until you give the kid his soul back. So I gave him his soul back. And as far as Cass was concerned, they were square. They were yeah, so, nothing more to deal with. Well, I, obviously, Cass would probably like to get those weapons without having to uh, blackmail someone for him. Exactly. <laughs> Threatening to murder him. Exactly. So uh, the boys then, this is the end of the show. The last commercial break happens, comes back. Boys are uh, packing up the Impala. Dean asks Sam why he didn't stick up for that kid while he was being tortured earlier. We talked about that. I, I was on Sam's side with this one. So I felt like I was getting yelled at too. 
Uh, Sam says, no, nah, man, you, you got it wrong. It's, you know, we needed that info. I'm, I'm, it's, everything's cool, man. And Dean's like, no, nah, something's different with you now, Sammy. And Sam's like, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm different. Dean then calls him out. He's like, dude, you went to hell. That changes a person. And then Sam's like, uh, it changed you, but you know, we're like different people, dude. Chill out. And then Dean just gets in the car with a skeptical look on his eye. Yes. Which, by our conversation earlier with Sam hiring a hooker, I'm also skeptical <laughs> of how did Sam get out of hell? And who is, is this really Sam or not? That's not what I'm thinking and while watching this. Are you? Yes. The first time through, yeah, I thought maybe, um, gosh, this has got to be a shapeshifter. You know, something like that. I don't know something that could take a form of or maybe even i don't know if uh, uh just an archangel of some, some you know the trickster could be pulling this off who who knows it could be they could be tossing in any sort of powerful supernatural creature to that got shot out of hell because that's what i'm thinking is like oh this is a something from hell to trick everyone into becoming buddy buddies in heaven to help them with the uh, Civil War. And then they'll be mates again, heaven and hell working together <laughs> to screw with humanity and poke them in the butts when they want to or whatever they do. Mm -hmm. That's what I'm thinking. I'm also skeptical of Sam. So that's the episode. Um, pretty, I don't know, pretty fun episode. And uh, just because it was, it was a real mix of like a one-off and a total storyline episode. All in one, I thought. You're right, because of the fact that these plagues had nothing to do with anything except for the fact that now they're dealing with this angel civil war. That's why the weapons were stolen. Balthazar has them, won't give them back, even though it could help Castiel. Yeah, as a one-off, you've got an episode about these cops mysteriously dying and then them uncovering who it is. But that story in itself plugs into a larger story. I dug this episode. Exactly, yeah. I did too. I like it when they do this. I hope they do more of it. So, anything else you'd like to add? No, that's all I can think of for this episode. What was the death count on it? Um, I have a death count. Let me get back in here. I believe it was six. Um, let me just go back in here. The three officers, the two male angels, and Donnie Finnerman. Who the hell's Donnie Finnerman? Is that the kid that was shot by the cops? No, that wasn't Donnie Finner. No. Um, <coughs> I don't know who Donnie is. Yeah, I don't know. Who the hell is that supposed to be? Good question. IMDB knocking it out of the park again with more <laughs> insight on Supernatural. <laughs> All right, just a reminder, we have a Facebook group called Armchair Hunters. Come on over and join us. Better yet, though, we've got a website called coupleofidgets.com where Penny uh, beautifully curates and posts new episodes when they are available online. And also there, you can comment on episodes, you can listen to them, you can download them, you can find them, how to get them on your podcast player. Please, if you know anyone else that likes Supernatural, tell them about our podcast. Even if you don't know people that 
like supernatural. <laughs> just tell them about our podcast <laughs> just, anyway. Just be like, you should listen to these two dummies. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We'll talk to you soon. Yes. And let's not forget next episode, season six, episode four, Weekend at Bobby's. One of my favorite episodes. It's a really kind of humorous episode. Wait. I was going to ask about that because we saw the preview and it looked very dark and dire and serious and like mean and uncomfortable. But then I saw the title and this is one of them that you made me watch a couple of years ago because it was one of your favorite episodes. Mm -hmm. And then I was like, I don't remember the episode Weekends at Bobby being so shitty. No, but you have to realize that the previous